0: It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria. Hello, hello Contempo Code community. It is great to be back this summer. Oh my god. It is flying by, right? It is already August. I cannot believe it. My kid's gonna be back to school in a few weeks. It just seems so surreal but I have been having a great summer and I hope that you all have been having an amazing summer as well. You have probably noticed that I've been out and about and doing some cool stuff, at least here and there, some day trips. I made a whole video where I walked around the Cartoon Network Hotel and tried to find some fun things that I could code while I was there. And I am planning on doing some more similar videos. I love just to create things that are outside of the box, they're not just me talking head, sitting in my office, although those perform very well in addition. So I'm trying to sneak in some additional extra summer fun. I feel like I need to do like one last summer hoopla, might be going out to do some amusement park stuff with my kids. So we will see. I hope you all are having an amazing, amazing summer as well. But I'm also getting excited for fall. My kid's been begging me to take her to Michael's to check out all of the fall stuff because they're one of the first places that gets that sort of material because they have crafters there that need those things so they can create their craft projects and have them ready for sale in the fall. So you may have picked up that the title of today's podcast is You Can Do Medical Coding From Where? So I'm going to be talking about some of the places that you can do medical coding that you might not have thought of as well as some of the terms you might come into when you are setting up offices or looking to work at different locations. Now, before I get into it, I want to have a word from today's sponsor, OnlineDegree.com. Going through an accredited program prepares you for your career, not just for quickly passing a certification exam. And OnlineDegree.com helps students find the best certification program at the lowest price. And if you complete the free quiz that they have developed for my audience at go.onlinedegree.com slash contempo, you you could be eligible for items such as 10% off a medical coding certification program, no extra costs for textbooks, they include them, they ship them to your door, they have online courses that you can take 24/7 at your own pace, one-on-one student support advisors and career services and job placement support to help you land that job as quickly as possible. I recommend onlinedegree.com because they have helped over 25,000 students who want to save time and save money on their education. And OnlineDegree.com has partnered with accredited universities and licensed schools, so you never have to worry that it's some fly-by-night place that they're going to close their doors after you finished or even halfway through your program. It is really the best place to find an online medical billing and coding certification program. So if you are ready to get started towards your medical coding career, head over to go.onlinedegree.com slash Contempo today. So let's talk about you can do medical coding from where and I'm going to go first and foremost over and just kind of skate over them a little bit. The obvious ones you can work from a hospital, a provider office or a billing office. I think we're all pretty familiar with those. Those are the top ones they tell us when we sign up for a medical coding program. Now, of course, you can also do medical coding out of your home and people have gotten really creative with some of the home offices, especially since the pandemic. I have seen some very Adorable small office, like almost closet office setups that coders have been able to do. Now, of course, talking in the sense of home office setup, there are some requirements that have to be considered when you are setting up a home-based office. And really, a lot of it is going to come up to the individual employer and what they say is permitted for your specific position. A lot of them will ship you a laptop if it is a full-time job. If you're working on a project-based or contractor-based, you will probably have to supply your own equipment, your own monitors, your own tower or laptop, your own internet service, etc. When I was working part-time in my business and full-time as an employee, I had to purchase what is called a... KVM switch. And KVM stands for keyboard, video, and mouse. And what it did is it allowed me to plug my keyboard, my video, and my mouse all into one unit. And then I could press a button and switch the transport from either my work laptop or my personal laptop so I didn't have to have multiple monitors, multiple keyboards, and multiple mice in my office. So it was a good space saver. And because of the juice, the electricity that had to get sucked out by having my ultra wide monitor, I had to buy a more expensive KVM that would plug into the wall as well. So it supplied extra electricity so that my monitors wouldn't flicker. I had issues with cheaper KVMs that it was making my monitors flicker. Now a term you might hear come up a lot with work from home is the term VPN. VPN is a virtual private network. And essentially what it does is it masks your location. So you have to be careful with the VPNs as, as well. You can buy them for your home office. You can buy them for work. Um, and what it does is it masks your location. So oftentimes what it does is it gives you a generic location, like everyone will be in New York City or something like that. The one thing about VPNs that I've recently come to find out is my boyfriend was working for a uh, government project and some of his emails were going into the junk folder because he was signed into the VPN and because he was on a generic location, it was filtering it into the junk folder. So you have to be careful about some of those considerations that, you know, a lot of times we don't even think about. But because of the sensitivity of the data that we work with as medical coders, we have to be very secure about things. So you may have extra logins to get into these virtual private networks and to secure servers with your employers to do your medical coding tasks. There are also employers that require you to do what is referred to as hardwire your computer. And hardwire, if you think of that actual wire, that plug, that cable that comes in for the internet, that's what they mean by hardwire. That wire needs to be plugged into the back of your computer or your laptop versus being connected to the internet via Wi-Fi. So wireless internet. You may also hear the term hotspot. So there are coders that don't just stay at home or in the office, they travel. There are medical coders that are in an RV or a camper or a a tiny home, and they travel and go different locations. And there are employers out there, not all of them, but there are employers out there that will permit that because of the security protocols that they have set up. So in order to connect from the internet, if you're in a van, obviously you won't be hardwired in, but you will need to access the internet through oftentimes what is called a hotspot. And a hotspot is a location where you can access the internet using Wi-Fi um, and you can purchase hotspots so I can turn my mobile phone into a hotspot. So I've had instances in the past where I have lost power and was able to make a hotspot with my phone because I have that set up in my cell phone provider in my program that I purchase. And I can connect my computer then to the internet through the Wi-Fi hotspot I have created on my phone. One thing I will tell you is I've had issues in the past with the security setups in some of my jobs where if I am logged into the internet through a hotspot, it will not allow me to connect to certain secure items through my work, Um systems. I don't know if they have firewalls or whatever in place. I'm not that tech savvy to know the very nuance about that. But that is something you may face as well. So again, it it really depends on your employer and what they have set up as far as can you roam, can you travel as a medical coder. But there are traveling medical coders out there that do work from RVs and they have hotspots. The The real thing is to have that conversation with that employer and be upfront about what the expect. Are and if that is permitted. We are seeing a lot more employers now since the pandemic that because of having. Employees remote that they've become much more flexible. So a lot of coders that now used to work in Pennsylvania, I've started seeing them moving that they've said, Hey, if I don't have to be in Pennsylvania anymore, uh, I've had coding friends that have now moved down to Florida. I have had them move to other locations in the state. So we are starting to see, I think, more movement uh, across the nation of medical coders. Another place you may not think of that you are able to work as a medical coder is in the legal offices. And I have friends like Sonal Patel and Tony Elhomes who have made an amazing (laughs) and lucrative career for themselves doing things in the legal sector, working with lawyers. Even Stacey Buck has done this in the past when she did more consulting. And speaking of Stacey Buck, let me just stop here. And tell you about how I interviewed Stacy in my YouTube channel recently. If you haven't seen that, go back and watch that video. I do have it bookmarked as well, so if there's a certain segment that you want to see in particular, you can jump to that. But Stacy is amazing. She is a subject matter expert in interventional radiology and she does some amazing training programs and has even written written the book on interventional radiology coding. So if you are struggling to learn interventional radiology coding, RadRx has the perfect solution for you, cracking the IR code, mastering interventional radiology and cardiology online training. And in this program, interventional radiology coding expert, Stacy Buck, breaks down all those different complexities that we have in IR coding. And it really is chunked into some more digestible easy to understand terms and concepts that you can better grasp that specialty. And through her course, she has assisted a lot of coders that have very little or even no IR coding experience and has had them pass successfully, the CIRCC exam, the Certified Interventional and Radiology Cardiology Coder Exam which is a very much high-in-demand credential. You heard it when I interviewed Kyle Johnston that he said like he, if he has a good interventional radiology cardiology coder that everyone, everyone's going to be looking for them. So if you want more information and testimonials, visit RadRx.com and use my code CONTEMPO10 for a discount on select training and products. So... Why are medical coders hired in the legal sector? Well, there's oftentimes cases involving bankruptcies or malpractice or overbilling where they have to look at the billing protocols, determine where certain things bundled, and they need expert medical coders to review that and... When you have to testify in court as well, that is a very, very lucrative position, very high pressure from what I understand. Uh, maybe not something that I would want to attempt, but for those that have the stamina to withhold that, um, very, very great niche to get into. Kind of a funny sidetrack to get on, but when I think about working in the legal sector and with lawyers and being in court, like it's, there's a certain protocol, there's a certain type of pedigree I guess that has to be involved and it's funny as much as I joke around and kid and laugh about things I used to be told by one of my old bosses that when we would have meetings together or if I was in a big meeting with like you know the VPs and stuff that I was very straight laced very cool calm collected and told me that at many instances I was emotionless and stoic, like verbatim called stoic. And it is actually true. There are certain things I can compartmentalize very, very well. Now, another place you can work as a medical coder and a little bit more obvious is working with insurance companies. So sometimes this is referred to as the dark side, going to the dark side, working with the insurance companies, uh, reviewing things to make sure that they are paid within the scope of what is contracted with the insurance company and um, review some of those edits and insurance side protocols as well. And that would extend to some of our government programs as well. So like the Department of Veteran Affairs, there's a lot of people that want to work for the VA because they know there is a high pay for VA coders. There are great benefits for the medical coders that are working for the VA. I do know a couple of VA coders. Last I had understood, and this has probably changed since I've last spoken to those coders, but my understanding was they used to require you to to go on site for a certain number of months until you could meet your quality and your productivity standards. And then they would permit you to work from home. Now, since the pandemic, I have a hunch that has changed. So there are a lot of work from home coders working for the Department of Veteran Affairs. And then, of course, we have our TRICARE, we have our Medicare and Medicaid services. I've known coders in the past that have worked for the Medicare contractors and have uh, had really good, sometimes very stressful if they were working in provider education, but very good careers working for them. Now, vendors also need medical coders as well. So if they're programming software, if they're working on different books, or cheat sheets, or any products related to insurance, billing, and coding, they hire a medical coders as well to help them with those products. Sometimes they even like to have people that are medical coders work on doing the training or previews of those products that they may be providing to other organizations because they can speak that lingo a little bit more or even help with scripting of things that they need to speak to when they're promoting their products to others in the revenue cycle. Optum 360 is a big one out there that they offer a lot of different products for medical coders, and they hire medical coders, do medical coding education. Uh, I believe, does Optum do insurance now? I can't remember if they have their own insurance, if I'm thinking of someone else. But they, and I, I know people have certain opinions about them but because of all the products that they have surrounding medical coding surrounding billing surrounding revenue cycle they also hire medical coders so you don't have to just work for a provider office a billing office hospital you can also just work for a vendor and also medical societies so the different you know american family practice associations plastic associations Internal Medicine Association, Pediatrics, they all have on staff coders to help them look over certain documents that they may be publishing or give feedback about different things that they might be putting out there that surround reimbursement. So even though you're not working coding charts every day, you are in that role where they're looking for feedback, almost like an internal consultant type of role to provide review and expertise among those certain areas for their specialties, the billing reimbursement area so i hope that gave you some additional ideas of where you can work as a medical coder so there are opportunities out there to work in a variety of settings and even locations now because as we are working from home and creating these remote Opportunities, there is a definite possibility to move around. Now, the other question I get a lot is international. So if I want to go vacation in Mexico or go to the, to Europe for the summer, you know, can I still do my medical coding there? That is really very much company dependent, not so much an industry protocol. It really is dependent on the particular company that you are working for and what they will permit. So if you're looking to make yourself more marketable as a medical coder there is a great way you can do that and that's be- by becoming a certified auditor you know as we transition in medical coding there the advancement one of the things you can do is get into auditing that my, my cpma credential has helped me so so much over the years and if you're interested in getting your cpma credential i have a coupon code for you so if you go to contempocoding.com and put in coupon code CPMA20 you can get 20% off of my CPMA prep program and one of the great things i love about my program is it's it's adapted from the AAPC's official curriculum But instead of just talking to you about things like RAT stats, I show you where you can find videos on how to download it that I've created. I show you where you can find things on the internet like the OIG work plan. So I I walk you visually step-by-step through those things. And I even include exclusively, there's an exclusive Quizlet that I've created that's only available for my students where you can go through some of those complex terms that you have to know for the CPMA exam. So again, Contempo, coding.com and use coupon code CPMA20 to take 20% off. So I will see you guys in the next podcast. And until then, just keep on coding on.